0: What's up y'all? Welcome to the Skate Through Life Podcast, the show that works the skills and drills you need to master your life one week at a time through personal development, conquering your fears, and of course, falling on your face then getting back up again. I'm your host, self-mastery coach, amateur roller skater, and outspoken non-binary femme, L. Tommy. Are you ready to roll? Let's lace up and hit the pavement. we are back 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 again baby this is episode number 24 two dozen of them i can honestly hardly believe that we have been together in this now for almost six months like what i feel so proud of the way this podcast has grown and morphed even in this short amount of time and i am heckin grateful for all of you who take the time to listen week after week i really do hope that you're getting a lot out of your time here with me life is good when you're around friend and hey if you do love this podcast know that it would mean the world to me if you might share it with someone that you love especially if they are working on any of the topics that we've been skating through these past weeks every time that you leave me a rating or review it supports continuing this project and know that I am really thankful for the extra time and effort some of y'all have already put into that. It does make a difference. You make a difference to me. (laughs) Many of the topics we touch on on this show are really close to my heart. And I often am writing and recording these episodes as I'm reflecting on these topics in my own life, how I have grown through them, or how I am working through them presently. And so it's really extra meaningful to get to share them with you through that lens. But I do try to frame them in terms I think are easy to digest and break down so that you too can run the drills. But you know, I don't explicitly share my personal experiences with them. I do sometimes um, in the structure of giving a lesson, but it isn't always, you know, the intimate ways in which these things are manifesting in my own life. So this week, I'm going to turn that on its head just a little bit i want to give you a little peek behind the curtain so to speak because i didn't become the magical little flower you know and love me to be right now through crawling into a cocoon and then re-emerging some span of time later programmed with all of the best habits perfectly executed routine predisposition or mega confidence no way (laughs) not at all much like the work you are immersing yourself in All of the changes that led me to where I am right now, they came from small changes. They came from micro changes over a span of time, a lot of trial and error and learning. Sometimes they were so small that I barely registered that I'd implemented them at all. Not all personal development work is glamorous. Not all personal development work is sexy. Sometimes growth comes from having big, heavy days and spending times with emotions that we're working to avoid. Sometimes it looks like getting more playful or re-engaging a side of ourselves we had lost touch with, which is something that I am actually working on very actively right now. Growth is non-linear. I'm sure you've heard that before. It is going to often feel like we go a few steps forward and then maybe tumble back down the flight of stairs. But land on some level that we had not even noticed before and suddenly we're pacing down a new hallway altogether i've tried a lot of things that worked well for me others that have served a particular purpose in a specific span of time that worked and maybe didn't work and of course there were many things that i have tried that didn't support me at all in any way and they are just as important to me and to my growth journey as the things that did work that is all part of the beauty of life baby today though i want to give you a glimpse like i said a little deeper into my world and share with you a variety pack of habits rituals and things that i have played with that have made me happier Sometimes they made me happier in big ways. Sometimes they've made me happier in small ways, but that is going to be the theme of all that I touch on today. I hope that you're going to enjoy them and maybe take a few away for yourself too. This episode is going to be in a different format, I guess, than usual. I'm not gonna hit you with any skills drills at the end, and I'm going to riff a little bit off the cuff. I created a list for myself of what all the things are that. came to mind when I was putting together this episode, but I'm working with a lot less structure than I normally do. And I hope that that'll help you understand as well that I am just a human being who has tried a lot of things, has learned a lot of lessons, and that I am here genuinely to share that and share all that I've learned. And if it can serve you and support you, then that is my greatest aspiration. So are we ready to skate? I sure heck and hope so. Lace up, friends. Let's roll. All right. The first two are actually things that are fairly new for me. The first one is <laughs> wearing color. I, mm, I've had an interesting relationship with my body for a very long time, and also a very interesting relationship with trend and fashion and the want to fit in. And I was in art school and in design school, you know, a lot of people be wearing black on black on black on black on black everything. I certainly still know lots of people who love to wear neutral. Um, So black, white, cream, you know, things that don't, create too much of a fuss the scandinavianness or like the photography studentness of it all and that has been me for very long spans of my life i worked in retail for a long time where wearing black just was normal and now black is hardly part of my wardrobe for a long time i would say that my personal uniform was denim and a white t-shirt and i still have such an affinity for a white tea, um, White always felt very scary for me when I was younger because I often would just spill food and other things on myself and it didn't feel safe. But I love the look of a white t-shirt and so that I have kept. But recently I'm introducing more bold colors I'm playing a lot with prints and how prints can interact and mix with one another. And it's been honestly joyful wearing color, means that you have a punch of color with you at all times during the day, even if you are in a neutral space. So especially if you're someone who, like I was for a long time, works in a office space that is maybe not a very inspiring room. Like the last office I worked in felt like 50 shades of oatmeal. You can become the color that enters that space. And color, you know, for our brains is very stimulating color, can elicit emotional states for us and mental states for us. And I think that there is a magic in just being in a saturated color. It feels good, it gives me energy, it makes me feel more alive and it feels like a better reflection of myself. When I was wearing all neutrals or all black, it was in an effort to minimize myself and occupy less space and be less seen. So wearing color for me has become a space of reclaiming and being able to be visible and feeling like I can play with how I'm expressing myself. So this week, if you're torn between, you know, your classic black t-shirt and something that is maybe like a colorful little print, like put the color on, see how you feel in it, see how your day goes when you're dressed um, to reflect that mood. You know, on days that you feel great, wear a punchy color and let that feeling be amplified. It is a small change that can have a big impact. So I'm gonna start right there. The second thing I have on this list is having my own space in my house. Having a house is new for me. We remember a number of episodes now when I talked about the process of buying a house and moving. That just happened in October. We are now here in February, so still adjusting. But the beautiful thing from going from like a 700 square foot space that I was sharing with my partner to now having the luxury and privilege of being in a house is that I have a room that is my room. I have a room that can look any way that feels good for me, that can hold the objects that I value, and I can change this room to be anything I want that supports what I'm trying to do, that inspires me in a special way. And that has changed how productive I am. It has changed how inspired I am. It has changed how much I want to work because I now want to be in this space. And it doesn't have to be about work either. If you can find even a corner of your home or your apartment that is just for you, if you live with other people or if you have kids especially, that you can create a space that feels like a reflection of yourself It will make you feel immediately safe and comfortable or charged with whatever whatever energy you are trying to create for it. So for me, I want us to have a space that is soothing, that makes me feel really comfortable and calm, but also inspires me in some way. So I've created a room that is doing that, and I'm still working on refining it and changing it. But... Having a small designated area or a large designated area that can be just for you is great for the mental health. And if you can fill it with furniture that is really comfortable for you to sit on, if you can fill it with color or objects or photos or paintings or whatever it is that make you feel excited and inspired, especially if they're not to the same taste as whoever else you live with, it is going to unlock something in you. And it also gives you this like safe harbor in your own home that you can go to and know that you are safe and you are held and that this is just for you. And I think that that is super, super powerful. I'm loving it so much it brings me endless joy i can't wait to see how this space continues to morph as i continue to morph because the luxury of growth is that you know we can grow everything around us too Outside of having my own space, my next item here is to find a movement practice that I love to be part of. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast already, so I'll keep this brief because my relationship with my body and with exercise has had many iterations that were both positive and negative. I've had spans of time where I was doing all at-home exercise. I've had spans of time where I was in a gym environment and doing other fitness group fitness activities like that with other people, I am now back to an at-home exercise routine that I absolutely love. I'm part of a program that makes me feel empowered, it makes me feel strong, and it teaches me new skills. And just being able to have a movement practice that allows me to be present with my body without feeling obsessive about what I am doing and how I am doing it and what it looks like to other people has been invaluable for me to stick with it. So I am now in my third year doing Boxing and Bubbles with Krista DePolo, and I still love it as much as I did in the beginning, probably more so now even, and I don't see myself stopping anytime soon and know that movement can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't just have to be, you know, strict exercise. It could be dance. It could be Pilates. It could be hiking. You know, there's so many different things. So find a movement practice that feels good to you, that you enjoy and look forward to engaging with and make that what you do. If the gym is not the place for you, then baby, stop going to the gym. Okay. Number four is to do the thing before it feels like a chore. And the example of this for me is pre-setting our coffee machine. I <laughs> There is something about waiting till the end of my day when I'm going to bed to set up the coffee that makes that chore feel daunting. Like it is a two-minute chore that I don't want to do at 10 p.m. So now whenever I find two minutes in the middle of the day that I'm standing in the kitchen, I just set the coffee up. And now I no longer have a chore. It's just something that I could get out of the way when I was there anyway, when I had the energy to do it. So much better for me. It makes me feel (laughs) one less layer of stress in the evenings. It takes down one barrier between me going to bed, like the, the waking L and the sleeping L have one less thing to worry about. And then in the morning, my coffee just takes care of itself. I don't have to get up and set up the coffee pot when I'm still barely awake. So, doing the chore that drives you crazy before it feels like a chore, try it out. See how it goes. Let me know how you do with it. Like, don't wait until the laundry is overflowing before you put the laundry in. When you find yourself at home with 10 spare minutes and you're like, what am I going to do for the next 10 minutes? Maybe I'll scroll on TikTok. Like, just put the laundry on. And Let it be a thing that just kind of happens because you have the time instead of it being like, well, I have no space left in this basket now. There's clothing all over the floor. Oh, I hate doing laundry. It's always so much. Like engage with it before it is so much and see how that goes. Number five is to start my day with reading. This is something I started doing in 2017. And I know that definitively because it was 2017 when I started to create my annual book list. This was the way that I challenged myself to read more. I said, I am going to start to track what I read in a year. And I initially started with the goal of 12 books for the year, one book for each month. And last year, just from building on this and being more in the habit, more in the routine of reading it's amplified my love of reading first and foremost, but now I'm averaging, you know, 40 books a year or more, you know? So now I'm moving my goal from what was like 12 books in a year to now I'd really like to see myself hit 52 books this year. That would equal one book per week. And I don't know if I'll hit that or not, but for me now it's just like, can I read a little bit more than last year? Can I take in a little bit more than last year? And starting my day with This quiet, gentle, screen-free activity has really altered my mood when I start the day. Having a slow morning has altered the trajectory of my mood and my energy in more ways than I could possibly say. For me, that looks like reading first thing in the morning. For you, it might look like meditating or journaling first thing in the morning. It might look like getting up and going for a walk. But breaking up with starting my day with screens and instead starting my day with a book has been invaluable for me. And I want to recommend that one big time. Number six is re-exploring things I used to love to do. This is something right now that I am presently playing with a lot. I am working on seeing what childhood memories I can start to unlock on revisiting what young Elle liked and try to reconnect with them and see how that can inform the me that exists right here right now. So recently, I have been engaging with crafts and other activities that I really enjoyed when I was in my youth when i was a kid i've been writing little poems doing a little bit more creative writing i've been exploring making friendship bracelets and doing other crafts and it has been really nice it's been really fun and i'm just i'm going with the playfulness of it all i'm letting myself play and ask you know like what might i have enjoyed at 6 at 8 at 10 at 12 at 15 and can I re-imagine that now where I am at 33? Um does it look like doing it the same way or in a different way and just like seeing how it feels? I'm having the time of my life over here. I've got a cup full of gel pens on one side of me and a stack of beads on the other side and that's what my play has looked like lately and I'm excited to see what it unlocks i don't even yet know fully where this exercise is taking me but it is making me feel happy it's making me feel joyful i'm loving it i'm really loving it number seven is to care for plants or no that's not right to care for something <laughs> parentheses for me plants and birds <laughs> um If you're not someone who has children, I don't have children, um, or a pet, I presently don't have a pet, finding something that you can take care of and nurture. It feels like adding a little job into your life, but caring for a living thing is so good for us. It gives a sense of purpose. It gives a sense of intention and there is payoff to it. Like my home is filled with plants. I have a green thumb. I love plants. I love being surrounded by them. I love looking at them. I care for my plants with intention. And when I say that, I mean i i talk to my plants i'll give them little hugs sometimes if they're seeming sad i check in on them to make sure they don't need you know water or food and then i feed them and water them when they need that and the payoff is that they grow beautifully they fill my home they recycle the air here and it's rewarding it really is and recently since we moved into our house I have learned that my backyard is basically a little bird sanctuary. There are so many sweet little feathered friends back here of all sizes. And so I now have this very joyful practice of feeding the birds and witnessing them coming into the yard and speaking to them. And I'm looking forward to the summer to see if I can like maybe get some of the smaller birds to like eat out of my hand or anything like that. But it's really nice. It feels really good to give back to the environment that houses you. And so for me, that looks like my home and my yard, my plants and these birds. And there is a well of joy in that for me anyway. And I would love to encourage you to tap into it too. Number eight is allowing myself real breaks. This is not something I was very good at before I prided myself on being good at getting a lot of things done, at multitasking. And so I wouldn't take proper lunch breaks. I wouldn't take proper stretching breaks or breathing breaks or just breaks to kind of shake it out. Now I give myself like large, luxurious spans of time that are not for work and are not for other tasks or chores, just true breaking, relaxing, and using that break time to do activities that fill my cup, that make me feel present. And that has actually made me more productive. I get way more done now. It seems so counterintuitive to the recovering busy person that was me some time ago, not even that long ago, who thought that like, taking 30 minutes for themselves would result in losing 30 minutes of important productivity. But now my brain is able to have these moments of really kind of turning down. And so I feel more creative. I feel more inspired. I feel more capable of getting work done. I'm making less mistakes because I'm not overtired anymore. Allowing yourself real and full breaks. Oh, it's going to unlock things for you. I know it is. It has brought me a lot of peace and that peace has brought me joy. <laughs> Big time. Number nine is making my bed and doing my dishes. And I will preface this with saying I heckin hate doing the dishes. It is my least favorite chore. It, it Yeah, it's icky to me, but not allowing dishes to pile up to wash my dishes as i create them to make my bed as i get out of it keeps my home looking cleaner and gives me less distraction things. If you're anything like me, if there are mess or things that visibly need to be done, it can be hard to get focused on anything else because in the background of your mind, it's like, oh, you should go make your bed or oh, you should take care of those dishes or oh, that's gonna be a big chore to handle later. and. Now I don't even have to think about it because there's never a pile of dishes to be doing. It takes all of one minute to get my bed made in the morning and then my bedroom appears you know, together and I don't have to think about it or worry about it. And that lack of distracted energy of like being reminded of a chore because you have to walk by it a bunch of times during the day has, again, made me feel more at peace, more rested, It's the bomb and you should try it out. Like just do your dishes as you create them instead of making a giant chore for yourself that then feels like a punishment that future you has to take care of. It's going to fix some stuff in your heart, in your brain (laughs) and make you happier. At least it has for me. Number 10 is when I talked about actually in just the last episode and that's cutting out alcohol. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I will encourage you to go check it out, but reducing how much alcohol I drink cuz I do not live, you know, completely soberly, but I have a very conscious and intentional relationship with alcohol now has made my mood better, has made me happier, has saved me money <laughs> in a big way. And has had just a host of positive benefits in my life that I feared might not happen because alcohol is just so ingrained in being social and having time with friends and having time with loved ones that I felt that cutting it out might mean that I lose some of that. And I really haven't. And honestly, just the benefits so outweigh the costs. So... Again, I will encourage you to go check out the last episode where I talk about my relationship to alcohol and my choice to live a bit more in sobriety. But if it's something you've never thought about, I just encourage you to think about it and think about what your relationship with it is like. And for the rest, you know, go check out that episode. Number 11 is tattooing my body. (laughs) Um, In the last year or so, I have started to tattoo my left arm, and I have been slowly but surely filling it all up. Shout out to Tasha, who's been doing all my tattoo work. She's incredible. Um, And it has made me love my body in a new way. It has made me want to show off my body, which is not something that I ever felt safe to do really for many years of my life. And it has given me this appreciation of my body as a living piece of art that I never had before. This, you know, isn't for everyone. I know that tattoos are not something that we all want. I wasn't even really sure how I was going to feel about it once I started to put these sort of big colorful pieces on myself. But the more that I do, the more I love the way my body looks, the more that I want That arm, especially to be on display, I feel a new sense of pride in my physical self. And as somebody who has really struggled with body image and with feeling safe or celebratory in showing my body or sharing my body, this has felt like such a massive happiness up level. And yeah, I mean, like make your own choices here, but maybe if there is a part, I think I talked about this. I don't know if it was in a podcast or maybe just on social media once, but like if there is a part of your body that you feel self-conscious about, like decorate it in some way. So, I've been decorating my arm, but over the summer when I did my self care week, that was like a way early episode of the podcast, I pierced my belly button. And my belly was always this part of me that I felt self conscious of. And now it has this beautiful dangly gem in it. And it makes me feel excited about, you know, showing it or having it because it feels decorated now. So, I want to encourage you if it isn't a tattoo, maybe find a piece of jewelry or a piece of clothing that shows off a part. Of you that you maybe feel self conscious about, and just see how that feels. Play with that. Number 12 is to start saving instead of only paying down debt. I will start this by saying, like, I am not a financial advisor, I am not deeply financially literate, so this is only my own experience, but. When I was coming out of design school and dealing with a lot of debt, especially student debt, I felt that any money that came in had to go towards debt, that I wasn't allowed to save any money because I owed money. And so this was a story for myself that I really had to reconcile and break up with. And give myself a feeling of safety in saying we can take 5% or 10% or 2% or whatever of the money that we have come in and put it towards saving instead of only towards paying down debt. Because it always just felt like I was never, ever, ever getting ahead because I couldn't see a space where I was getting ahead. So this practice of just allowing myself to put a little bit into savings every time that money comes in has made me feel so much more confident about my finances, has made me feel so much more secure, and has allowed me the space to treat myself or spend a little bit on myself or on my boo or on travel because I have already put it there. It's money that I've taken and put aside for this purpose. So if you are like me or like the past versions of myself who feel that, you know, because there is debt, I can never save, I can never spend in a way that feels joyful, see how it feels to give yourself permission to take a small percentage, even 1% of what you have come in and put it aside into a little savings that if you need, you can touch and otherwise you can just watch grow. The debt will eventually go away, like you still have to schedule paying down your debt and make sure that you're aware and on top of that, but by having even a meager space where wealth can accumulate is going to make you feel just so much more comfortable about your finances all around, even while you still have debt. That has been my experience with it and I leave that here for you. Um, Number 13, I guess, brings me back to um, caring for plants and birds, and that was to install a bird feeder. (laughs) Um, Installing a bird feeder has given me something to pay attention to and get little joyful moments from as I witness the little bird babies getting in there and eating their seeds, and it has just made me interact with my outdoor space in a different way. So care for something, care for a plant, care for the birds in your yard, get a little beehive, care for the bees, like that's an aspiration for me. Um, Number 14 is to let myself be introduced. There was a long span of time in my life, um, and if my dad were here, he would attest to this, where... I would be told, you know, oh, there's this person that you need to meet. Oh, this person could help you with this. You should connect with this person. My dad always wanted to connect me with people, and I was resistant to it because contrary to what you might believe of me, I am not necessarily an extrovert. I I am, you know, like a 51-49 split in my Myers-Briggs of introvert-extrovert. I do well with people, obviously, but I also need time to myself and it can make me feel really shy to have to put myself in front of new people. So that's been something I have been challenging myself to work through the last little while. And so now when someone says, you need to meet this person, you should connect with this person, I say, "Great. I'm there. Sign me up. Make the introduction." It has opened up so many doors for me. It has brought some incredible people into my life that I would have never ever ever met, and I cannot advocate enough for just allowing others to connect you to people that they think can help expand you in any Way, shape, or form. The joy has multiplied 300,000 fold for me in doing this. Number 15 is an easy one, and that is to dress comfortably especially if you've been socialized as a woman at any point in time in your life. You've probably been encouraged to wear clothing that does not make you feel comfortable because it looks good or because it's what, you know, others want to see you in, or it is the professional standard for where you work. Letting myself find ways to be comfortable all day long or as much of the day as possible has made me a happier person. It has made me a better person to be around and it is like its own form of liberation. So find some pants you find comfy, find bras you find comfy, find like textiles and textures that you love to have touching your skin and just allow yourself to lean into feeling comfortable. It does not mean that you can't be fashionable. I get complimented on my clothing all the time, but I work really hard to be a comfy baby. Oh man, we're getting there babies. We're so close. Number 16 here is to schedule your home care. What do I mean by this? I mean having a designated scheduled part of the week that is to care for your home space. So, for me and my partner, my partner and I, (laughs) in proper English, Sunday mornings is our time to take care of our house. So, we do our laundry, we clean our bedding, we clean the bathroom, we clean the kitchen, we vacuum the house. It takes all of an hour and a half, maybe two hours to do it all as a team. We take our time, we'll listen to podcasts or whatever. We'll put, we'll each put earbuds in and just like work independently but on the same sorts of things and now there's no like putting off the chores unless we are not around over the course of a weekend and there's no guesswork and there's no like me cleaning the whole house and then being resentful of my partner for not being part of it because we have scheduled this together we tackle it together and you know i've had past relationships where i felt very responsible for making sure that things were clean and cared for and taking on those nurturing roles. And this has made my life just easier, which makes me happier. And nothing makes me happier than the day that we clean the house and everything is just like sparkling. Everything is put away. Everything smells nice and fresh. It just like re-energizes the space. I cannot emphasize enough the power of just cleaning up and the way that that can alter the energy in the space that you occupy. It is episode editing L jumping in to tell you that I know at the beginning of this episode, I stated that there were 22 items that I had included. And I realized through recording that two of them were really touching on some of the topics that we already went over. So we are going to cap her at 20. That feels like a nice round number for us. And where you were <laughs> before I jumped in with my editing self um, was number 16. So we're going to get started again with number 17. All right. Number 17 is to create or play with your buds. This brings me back a little bit to the living in my sober curious era, changing my relationship to alcohol and recognizing that a lot of the socialization that I was engaging in previously with my friends had to do with going out for drinks or going to a happy hour, going to a restaurant. Alcohol became this central part of it. So I have been working to find new ways to engage in my friendships that involve doing things that are fun or playful or creative. And it's been really fun. I'm still in the beginning phases of exploring this, but it's creating more memorable moments with the people that I care about. It's creating, um more impressionable memories. And that's bringing me joy. I know I'm going to look back on some of the activities that we're doing together with more fondness than any other sort of arbitrary happy hour moment. So would love to encourage you to consider what playing or creating with your friends looks like and lean hard into that. Number 18, is to take a hot bath or shower on your sheet wash day before going to bed. (laughs) This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things, but especially if you're somebody who removes your body hair, like shave your legs on that bath or shower time too, the day that you're getting into your fresh sheets. Just giving yourself the luxury of like a hot, clean soak, a hot scrub down before you get into bed on nights when everything is clean. Oh, it is next level relaxation. You're never going to sleep better. I promise you that. And it's just a small ritual that I have created that makes me so, so dang happy. Number 19 is to create a fun weekly ritual this was something that during the pandemic my partner and i did to have something to look forward to in the week especially when we were in lockdown so we introduced for ourselves donut friday And so every Friday, we would go down to this funky donut shop around the corner and we would pick out a fun little pastry treat. And it was something that every Friday we could look forward to. And then we started to use the concept of donut Friday as a space of saying, you know, a special treat on Fridays. So if we didn't do donuts, maybe we would go get something else or go out for a beer or go play an arcade game. And that became our donut Friday. And it was a really nice way to move through the pandemic especially when there was very little to be looking forward to less activities and stuff going on but now we have other you know weekly rituals our saturday mornings we um have a youtube channel which the creator uploads their new content on friday nights so we watch it as our sort of saturday morning cartoons stand in and we um get frozen croissants from a bakery that we love and we'll like have a little french breakfast with our saturday morning cartoons and just having these little fun rituals that are just simply about joy and pleasure has made my weeks better. And it gives me something to look forward to. And now I sort of feel lost without it on Saturdays when I'm not able to participate. I believe that, um, in my editing, I I told you that we're going to have only 20, but I do think, um, actually 21 because me and math are not friends in this episode. (laughs) Number, uh, 20 is to say yes more often. I have like a reflexive no habit. It is something that I cultivated over a long span of time of being a busy person, not having time or capacity or taking on too many things. I I got into the habit of saying no a lot or just turning down offers to participate in things because I didn't feel I had the energy, or I felt nervous about going and and being socially involved, and now I'm really working actively to say yes more, to try more things, and just see how I like them. Like again, embracing the being a beginner, embracing being bad at things, not letting that limit me from trying something new. And it's been awesome. I have found a lot of activities that I really enjoy that I probably would have never tried if someone didn't ask me to participate in them or ask me to go check them out. I talk about that a bit on the wrestling episode and alter egos. It's it's wonderful what can come into your life when you are introduced to it from someone that, you know, isn't part of maybe your day-to-day or it is in a location of your town that you don't spend time in or anything like that. So I want to encourage you to say yes, to try new things, to just see how they land in your body. And if you hate them, don't go back to them, but you never know what you're going to love until you really let yourself engage with it. And finally, number 21 is to upgrade something that you use a lot. I am someone who doesn't love waste. And so I very much prescribe to like, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Even if it is something that I use all the time and it's not working properly or it's not optimal anymore, or it doesn't, you know, move as fast as it used to, or it doesn't function in the way that it used to, I would be so tied and attached to not, you know, throwing something out that still had any kind of use that I would often not allow myself to upgrade things that were part of my everyday rituals and routines. Whatever that thing is for you, whatever thing that you're like holding on to for dear life, because it still sort of works, the hole in those jeans isn't that bad. Like let yourself Have the upgrade. If it is something that you use a lot and it is not serving the purpose in the way that you need and want it to, allow yourself to thank it and let it go and upgrade it and replace it. It is going to make your life easier. It is going to make you feel more supported by the item. And, you know, it feels good. Like, let yourself have a little treat because you already know that you use it all of the time, right? All right, skaters, there you have it. Sort of a chaotic episode, (laughs) maybe. And I'm sorry, but also not sorry, because I think it is important to sit through the exercise of like allowing your safe self to take messy, imperfect action. And that is what I'm doing. Right now, and it's sort of liberating. You know, it's been nice to work without um, all the parameters that I usually give myself. I hope that you'll have enjoyed this episode. I know that like listing things isn't always very engaging, but I'm, you know, I'm not really sure how else to deliver you 21 ideas than to just deliver them to you sequentially. So I'll take your feedback on how you want that done differently, and. You know, it was fun to just get to play with a bit of a different format to give you something that is an outcome base that doesn't leave you with any homework to do. I hope that something from my happy happy list um, resonated for you that maybe you're gonna try yourself. And if you're still here, know I am supremely grateful to know you and call you part of the squad, to have you be part of the vampire, and uh, to witness you in your own like exploits in this life. I am so proud of every person who comes to me and says that they took any small lesson I've shared, any idea I've shared and implemented it and found success in it. You are the hero of your own life. You are the main character of your own story. I am here to be your supporting cast, and I am deeply proud of you for showing up for yourself in whatever ways you're showing up for yourself today and every day. It is an honor to be part of your story, and I am deeply grateful to have you be part of mine. I hope that you enjoyed this this week, skaters. We'll be back to my regular scheduled content next week skate on, be strong, celebrate yourselves and know that I love you. So love yourself too. All right. We'll catch you back here in another week. Thank you so much for skating with us today, friend. I hope you took away the tips you need to keep rolling on your own self-mastery journey. Be sure to find me over on Instagram at your coach L for even more insight and feel free to reach out to me there with any skills or drills you would like to see covered here on the show. You can also visit me at ellentommy.com to learn more about working with me one-on-one. Now go enjoy some rest, marinate on our lessons today, and I'll see you back here next week. Love ya. Love yourself too.